on radio. Right on radio. See, Jesse, even without the video, nothing can stop me from getting some brand in here. (laughs) (laughs) It's just you want to play with your buttons. Yes, I like (laughs) buttons. I like buttons. The other platform has more controls, but we could not get it to work for our guest. And of course, our guest is Cisco Wheeler. She is back for the second interview. We desperately needed to follow up on the first interview. We've had technical challenges for a couple of days trying to get this to work. So Cisco is not on camera. It's not by choice. It's just that her camera is not working and we could not get it to work despite much much effort. So just recapping the last interview, a couple big bombshells came out and and we're going to address them. The first one is uh, Cisco announced that she was a mother of darkness as well. So that's right. There's two of the five mothers of darkness on this program or ex-mothers because you're both saved by the blood of Jesus Christ. And Mm -hmm. we're thankful for that. And we're in the fight all together along with you, the SOS Army, the great listeners uh, of this program. Uh, This is a fight. We are in a war. It is a spiritual war. We're going to talk about the blood today. We're going to talk about uh, some different things. But first thing uh, I want to bring on as I bring Cisco in here, uh, we've had a couple conversations on the telephone uh, afterwards. In fact, I've got a great audio clip I'm going to be posting on the Podbean where Cisco expanded on her story of when she fell out of the car and it's brilliant. You got to listen to it. It's going to be on pod being exclusive just as a little, uh, uh, quick episode itself. Uh, but one of the things that Cisco had told me, Jesse is, you know, the, uh, people with the mystic knowledge, you might say the hidden knowledge have been using elements for years. Uh, and elements are very important. And so when Cisco came back to me and she said, listen, uh, you got to put some of these elements in. And she taught me a beautiful prayer. First of all, just before I bring her on, Jesse, uh, what is the significance of the elements in prayer? Well, I think Cisco's better to answer that question. Well, let's but bring her on. I'm going to ask it her brings to on the fullness of the Holy Spirit, I think so. Amen. Because we have the seven winds of God, but go ahead. Okay, no, perfect. But listen, I'm going to ask Cisco to demonstrate this prayer. And what we're going to be including in the prayer is fire, water, wind, and blood. And I'm going to ask her to pray for you, the person watching this program. Cisco, welcome to Right on Radio. Thank you very much, Jess. Uh, Jesse and Jeff, it's such a privilege to be with you, and I feel very honored to share this prayer with you. When the Lord took me into the heavenlies 10 years ago, it, that was my final deliverance as far as the connection with the occult, and the Lord gave me specific instructions. He said, you pray this way and no other way. The church has stole my glory, and the glory belongs to me, and, he, and I'll, I'll give you an example. <clears throat> we, I always ask God the Father, Yahweh God, to, for permission to allow the Holy Spirit to do the Father's work. So in asking the Father to allow the Holy Spirit to do the work of the Father, I apply the fire, the water, and the wind. The wind of the Holy Spirit to wash out any demonic stronghold that would exalt itself above the most high God, the fire to burn out anything that it also exalts itself above the most high God, the hidden things, uh, generational spirits, uh, where your silver cord needs to be uh, washed, uh, your DNA needs to be washed. I always apply the fire of the living word of God because that fire is the sword of righteousness. That is the power that's behind his authority. And then I apply the wind of the Holy Spirit <clears throat> to escort any stronghold that would exalt itself above the most high God to put it into the blood of Jesus and the wind of the Holy Spirit to escort it back to God the Father who created these strongholds. That includes any um, artifacts, any 
ritual um, tool that might be used in any ritual. Sometimes they're attached to the body, soul, and spirit, and they need to be washed in the blood of Jesus and also taken back to God the Father. Also, when you're working with the DNA, uh, I always pray, Lord, we bind we bring every spirit that would exalt itself before you through the blood of Jesus back to Adam and Eve and to Cain and Abel and then to all generations on both sides of the family. And even if you have only one side of the family is involved in the cult because of intimacy, those spirits also are passed on to the female or the female to the male, vice versa. So you have to bind all those spirits on both sides of the family and me remember it's important back to Adam and Eve and to Cain and Abel and then to all generations on both sides of the family. Also the silver cord uh, needs to be, have the water applied, the fire applied and the wind of the Holy Spirit to escort it back to God the Father, all these demonic strongholds. And when you ask the Lord to put these spirits in the bubble of the blood, it's a womb and the wind of the Holy Spirit gathers them up and puts them in the blood of Jesus. So, because spirits can act out, but if they're in the blood, they have no voice. And so it's really important because the wind of the Holy Spirit will put them on a pathway where the blood of Jesus goes straight to the throne room of God. And the ministering angels will come to escort these demons with the Holy Spirit back to God the Father. See, God the Father created all things he is responsible for his, what he has created. We don't have any right to put him anywhere except in the blood of Jesus and let the wind of the Holy Spirit do his work. Does wow. that help? Thank you. And, and, so, and so set by sending it back in the bubble of the blood, uh, yes. these entities are trapped and they go back to the throne room of, throne room of God. And then what, mm -hmm. does, what does the father do when they're well, in his presence? I really don't know what the father does. He never showed that to me, but I do know that we ask the Holy Spirit or we ask the father, Yahweh, God, do not let him come back to, to this atmosphere into this realm ever again. They are tied to the throne of God, whatever God wants to do. Wow. If, so the, church knew, if the church knew what I just shared with you, we would have a powerful church under the anointing of the most high God. But because the church is guilty of taking God's glory instead of giving it to him. That if we knew, if the church knew what the Lord had shown me, what a powerful church we would have today. Because it'd be the work of the Father, not the work of man. And these demons, that one third of the ministering angels that fell, they would be under the authority of the Most High God because we have to give God his place. Mm-hmm. His lordship, his kingship. Yeah, you know, I can't remember if I said it on the air or in the hour we spent after uh, being on the air in the last interview, but uh, you know, th this is Cisco, you've brought me through, you know, like two more paradigm shifts. You know, uh, what you said about how to pray with the fire, the water, and the wind. So the fire to, uh, first of all, asking permission for the Holy Spirit to do the Father's work, to uh, to basically take down anything that's exalting itself up above the Father, um, the water, the, the fire to burn that away, the water to wash through and, and purify it, and the wind of the Holy Spirit to pick up those entities, those generational curses, the uh, all the instruments that they use, anything that is involved in that, and to put it into the bubble of the blood of Jesus and to carry it in that bubble up to the throne room. And, uh, well, we know God is all, all powerful, almighty. And, well, that just, that just sounds like the, one of the most powerful things I've ever heard. How about you, Jesse? Yes, definitely. I mean, we think about God that you know, the spirit of God is all these things. Scripture, you know, talks about the water, the blood, um, the fire. You know, it says our God is a consuming fire. 
Yes. So yeah. it's it's asking for the fullness of of the Lord and the Spirit of God to just do His work. When we let go and let God be God, then we free God to work the miracles in our life. It's very God is a very simple God. He, let go and let God be God. Let God stop be taking, God. What stop a taking concept. his lordship. Stop taking his lordship, his kingship away from him. Let the Holy Spirit be free to do the Father's will. From the foundations of the earth, God created man out of the heart, out of his heart of love. He still has that same love company covering us. He still wants to do the same work. He still wants to have fellowship. He's such a loving father. And the beautiful thing also, I do not believe in worshiping angels, but I'll tell you what, angels have play a very, very, very major work mm -hmm. in this plan of salvation and in this healing, healing that goes forth because it's the, it's your warring angels that come when you apply the fire, the water, and the wind of the Holy Spirit and the blood of Jesus, the warring angels, man, they're ready to move. They are ready to move. They're just waiting for the Holy Spirit to say, come and do the Father's work. They gather up those enemies. They take them back with the Holy Spirit back to the throne room. They walk on the path of blood. That river of blood is a beautiful river. And it goes from the time that you pray, it is laid before you in the spirit. And those angels take those spirits right up to the glory of God, into the glory of God. There they can stand in his righteous judgment because he's judge and jury of all things. We don't have to judge nothing. We don't have to worry about nothing. We just let go and let God be God. I tell you, when the Lord delivered me, I stood in his presence and every demon, every stronghold, it stood in his presence. And he says, pray this way. I've never went to the left or the right. I'm true unto what the Lord showed me. I know the majority of the uh, ministers out there, they don't understand what I'm saying, but this will come with wisdom. With knowledge comes, comes wisdom, with wisdom comes understanding. Seek ye first the kingdom of God, of God and his righteousness will be added unto you, be given unto you. We have to seek these truths out. They aren't, we have to seek ye first the kingdom of God. Seek, seek for wisdom, ask for knowledge, ask for understanding, spiritual knowledge. See, the eyes are dim because they have followed the traditions of man and they're blinded to what God has really given us as saints of God. God has given us the riches of his kingdom. And we don't know how to apply them. Yep, I couldn't agree more with that. <laughs> and, we and have. Lydia, Go ahead. No, you, 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 Jesse. Yeah, I was just gonna say we've been given so much, but we don't know how to use them. We don't know our kingdom rights. We don't know right. our kingdom authority, and we don't know what it is we've been given and how to apply it. This is what is so special about this particular program, Jesse, with you and Cisco here, because you were shown, both of you were shown hidden knowledge, stuff that's been hidden from us, from society for thousands and thousands of years. And, you know, what, what Satan intended for evil, God has just duped him, you know, um, by the way, we're praying for the other three to come on here. Uh, we, we can fit like, you know, six people on this panel, Jeff and the mothers we'll, we'll do, we'll do a vocal <laughs> chorus as well. You know, nothing but the blood Jesus, Jeff and the mothers. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, Cisco sings, I guess I do too. <laughs> yeah, well, Jeff doesn't. <laughs> I used to, years ago. <laughs> I used to, yeah. So th this is this is absolutely amazing. So Cisco, there's a couple of things that we've talked about, and I want to bring out. Um, actually, before before I get to the the Cherokees and the Indian bloodlines, which is going to be so important, and and the Wheeler bloodline, 
you had said something to me that just kind of shocked me. And this was off air, well, not shocked, but it, it rang true in my spirit. And obviously I don't have any way of proving or anything, but you said that we're actually on our third uh, earth realm, essentially. There was the, if, and I'm paraphrasing, correct me if I, if I didn't capture this correctly in my head, but when the earth was first created, it was basically a playground for angels. And, you know, the universe was a playground for angels until, and then we, we, what came out on the show was Satan had felt he had known the plans of man's being created was going to come. And that's when the fall happened. But then the, the, the second dispensation on the earth was pre-flood and now we're on the third post-flood. Did I say that correctly? Did I, did I understand it correctly? Yes, you did. Uh, well, you have. there was no the only righteous seed that was left with when God called Noah to build the ark was Noah and his wife and his three sons Noah's bloodline was clean it had not been tampered with through genetics nor had it been tampered with with the seed of Satan and the Atlantean, it goes all the way back to Atlantis, or the Nephilim bloodline. And so when God destroyed the earth with the flood, then we entered into this 6,000 years. And that's the way I see it. We have a 60,000 year span since the cross. Mm. But uh, you, it's a really tough subject to try to talk about in two minutes because you would have to go back to the beast of the field which was the second earth age and um essentially that's the nephilim when the when the when the sons of god made it no 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 the beast of the field were in the garden of eden they were the keepers or the helpers of adam and they were upright they were upright and they had their consciousness and it was King Nineveh that commanded every living being to demonstrate humility by wearing a sackcloth. And he called them to fasting and prayer. Now, a beast of the field, like a leopard or a lion, does not have a consciousness. or It cannot demonstrate humility. It cannot put on a sackcloth. So that was in your second earth age. But they were still, God was good enough to bring those beasts of the field into the garden to be helpmates for Adam and Eve. Because remember, Adam and Eve were created to worship the Lord, to have fellowship with the Father. They weren't created to take care of the Garden of Eden. So God placed the beast of the field there. And in Jonah 3.8, if I remember the scripture, but you might want to look that up for me real quick. I didn't know Jeff was going to ask you that, uh, Jesse. Uh, Jonah 3.8, if my memory is correct, it says, but let man and beast be covered with sackcloth and cry mightily unto God. Yea, let them turn everyone from his evil ways and from the violence that is in them. I'm not sure I have that last part. I think it says hands instead. The violence Um, that is in their hands. It just says, let them give up their evil ways and their violence. Are you reading out of the King James? Uh, No, that's the NIV. I only only study the King James. Okay. Wow. Well, listen, now, this is a, such a big is, topic. This is, uh, this, there's more, though. In Hebrew, <sighs> no, I'm not going to, well, that'd take another hour. Yeah, you know <laughs> what? To, I want to do a show on this in particular, okay. but we'll talk about what we had, what you had asked, what you had reminded me of after the uh, the last show. And so let's, let's, you know, we were talking about the prayer, the the fire, the water, the uh, the wind and the blood, but it's really all about the blood. And yes. 
and so we're talking bloodlines and you know we're talking bloodlines right from you know uh cain and abel essentially where the, the split happened um but what you said about the indians and the cherokees in particular i thought was very intriguing and it ties into some current events can you tell me what you said about the indian bloodlines yes um I was 16 years old and I was in Oklahoma in the back of the kitchen where my grandmother uh, was the cook because they owned a restaurant. And my grandmother, we, I said, Grandma, how, how hard was it to be 50% Cherokee? And she says, well, honey, if it hadn't have been for God, none of us would have made it. I says, Grandma, I don't understand. She says, well, honey, she says, if you, you're young, and I don't expect you to understand all of this, but just remember it, because someday God will like bring truth to you, and you will understand your, your inheritance. Well, I was 50 years old when it came back to me, and I remembered grandmother said that the language of the Cherokee was the first, uh, I don't remember it, uh, Jesse, what was the language before the Hebrew? Um, are you talking that, I think, well, I mean, there was the Can Canaanite. There were several, Canaanite, Mesopotamian, some of those. But Okay, well, it was the original language that was given to the Cherokee was Hebrew. And... She says, honey, the true Cherokee are blonde and blue-eyed. And she said, our dances were very Hebrew. She said, we danced and kept the laws within our own tribe. And they were the Jewish laws. And I said, grandma, why is that? She says, because honey, the Cherokee are Hebrews. We are Jewish. We are from one of the 12 tribes. And I think she said the, the, the M. Um, um, the, the, the one starts with M. I'm trying to pull it up. Mohawk? I remember. Huh? Mohawk? No, it started with M. One of the 12 tribes. Manessa. Oh, Manessa. Okay. She said yeah. they were from the tribe of Manasseh. And their dances were under the great God, Yahweh. That they knew there was a, a, a the great God, the only God. And their dances were in honor of who he was. And so this brings up a point, and I just want to make a correlation. You know, if, if in fact this is true, and, you know. Oh, I have something else to say, Jeff, and then I'll let you finish. I okay. called my aunt two days ago and she's 96 years old she is my grandmother's daughter and I said Aunt Jackie can you tell me anything about the Cherokee being from one of the 12 tribes of Israel and she says yes dear she says we've had our genealogy done and yes they are Jewish I can validate that for you we are we're Jewish so what i'm just bringing this in the modern time you know we've had uh the, our guest jesse uh, kevin on net on and we've mm -hmm. been covering why has there been this mass mm -hmm. slaughter of indians exactly everywhere, yeah. and they're exactly. hiding it exactly why well now because, i think it makes sense because of the bloodline but there's two tribes uh and jackie couldn't tell me because she's 96 she she couldn't tell me the other tribe but she's honey there's two indian tribes that are, that have are from the 12 tribes of israel there's two of them and they tried to clean them both out and i, I she said when she remembers she'll give me a call and tell me what the other tribe was but this goes way back we're talking about hundreds and hundreds of years ago mm-hmm probably thousands of years ago because she said the language they spoke is not the same language they're speaking today because they changed the Hebrew language for the Cherokee. They changed the dialect. That's what grandma told me the dialect was changed. 
mm. over the centuries. I found that fascinating. Anything to hide who these people truly are. Yeah. And they've suppressed them, uh, you know, since oh. the foundations of North America in particular. Yes. They've been suppressed. And you think, why? Why? Mm -hmm. They're people. They're, mm -hmm. they're, you know, they're, but now it's because of the blood. Yeah. Well, it goes all the way back. I mean, it's the same feud, you know, where you had uh, the other sons of Abraham tried to take mm -hmm. out the line of Joseph. Even, mm -hmm. you know, later on, <clears throat> they it there were some incidences and they tried to take out the tribe of Benjamin. And yeah. it got to the point where only 400 were left from the tribe of Benjamin. And you know how the script, you're right, Jesse. And remember how, well, how do I want to say this? Aunt Jackie also said to me, she says, says one of the other 12 tribes are the gypsies, the vagabonds. I believe some of the blessing of um, Jacob uh, speaks to that. And I think it's the tribes, I want to say Dan or Issachar, one of those and possibly Simeon, um, where literally the blessing from Jacob is that you will be no man, no mm -hmm. mad wanderers. Yes, so it was all the way the back to that yes. blessing mm -hmm. um, that Jacob gave to them. Yes, and that's what Aunt Jackie was saying. Yes. Also, you've got your black-skinned race, the enslavement of the black race. They also are from one of the 12 tribes of Israel. Mm -hmm. there's a difference between a Negro out of Africa and a black-skinned individual. There's a big difference between them. So, but again, people have been targeted because of their bloodlines. Look who's It really targeted. didn't have to do with yes. skin color. It's, it's about the blood. That's Just right. Like the Indians, the, the blacks, yeah. and they've been suppressed. They've been enslaved. Mm -hmm. And another way, Grandma brought this up to me too, or, or Jackie did, she brought this up to me. She said, now darling, she says, don't forget what your, your grandma told you, that the true Cherokee were blondes and blue-eyed people. And I says, well, Aunt Jackie, how come they're so dark-skinned and a lot of them look Negroid? She says, honey, that was the cover of the government to blame when the slaves were freed, the Cherokee were told by our government to bring the black into their families to mix the breed so that they could hide who they really were as a people. And so this gets deeper and deeper and deeper. Man, we have been lied to. We have been lied to. And, and I think in particular with the, uh, with the uh, Indian situation, you know they're not even allowed to pass along their traditions anymore they're they've been silenced they really want to keep their identity secret and and obviously this has happened with black-skinned individuals as well mm -hmm. and listen uh whites aren't uh, aren't immune from this either i remember you know uh, back in what the 1940s there's about six million that uh that got on the trains and uh and i'd say the majority of those were white so it's it's really not about the skin color it's all about the blood Yes, that's what the Holocaust was all about. Also, was they were looking for the twelve tribes of Israel through the DNA, and so, that was the very foundation of what the Holocaust was all about. Okay. And mind control. So, for someone who's new to this program, or someone who's new to this type of information, uh, can we? Why would Satan want to eliminate? bloodlines because that's the seed of righteousness and, and what does that mean it's well abel was conceived through the seed of righteousness adam and eve that was the righteous seed that adam was created in god's image in his likeness so was eve so the righteous seed was to come through the seed line of Adam and Eve throughout the generations. 
And but, Satan wanted to cut that off. He didn't want Christ to come. Remember, Satan went, Satan would go through the coals of fire and revelation knowledge rebirthed into him. And he would, he knew, he knew that Christ was going to come. He had, he had to stop Christ from coming. So, but, but now that Christ has, has come, he's risen, it's been 2,000 years, why is Satan still after the blood of the righteous lines? Because he hates Christ and everything we are in Christ. Because he hates Christ and everything. And I guess the authority that we have as in being Christ. sons and daughters of the God Most High. Yes. Mm-hmm. He hates us with a passion. This, you know what? As complex as this stuff can get when you talk about it, it's really simple when it yes. comes down to it, isn't it? Yes. So now... And also, to finish your question, Jeff, I don't mean to interrupt you, but to finish your question, you've got this the seed line of Cain, and that I, is your dark... The seed line of Cain is not the seed is not the same bloodline as Abel because Cain is not listed in Adam's seed line. So therefore, the seed line of Cain is your deep state. It is your the majority of your Satanists that that we talk about, and they want to eliminate Christ because they want to become as God. So th this begs a question, uh, and, and yeah, that, that makes sense to me. So if you think of we have Cain and Abel, and there's there's the split right there, the righteous bloodline, uh, and, you know, that goes into, you know, it, it, it multiplies, going to this world and be fruitful and multiply, and we have the, the what is it, 14 bloodlines, really, mm -hmm. that are out there. Mm -hmm. Now, um, so of that, uh, of, of the world's population, if we, if we started with Cain and Abel, would half of the world be Cain's bloodline and half be Abel's? I think well, I it's in thirds because you have Ishmael's bloodline too. Yes. And I think it splits into thirds where you kind of have Cain's and then you've got Jacob's and then Ishmael. And then you have Esau line as well, but that tends to be more connected with some of the cane bloodline. So essentially, if we have, uh, you know, seven and a half billion people on earth, and, and they could be lying to us about that number too, they're lying about everything else. But, you know, so one third of that is out to destroy the rest of the world. Yes. In truth, yeah. A well, percentage, yes. I don't wait, know if it's wait. a third, but a percentage. Well, some of them might not be knowingly doing it. They're just, uh, you know, uh, maybe wanting the power. You know, they get appointed as a judge or a police captain or a lawyer, you know, uh, and they serve because of greed. And they don't know that they're worshiping Satan. But, you know, if you worship mammon, you're worshiping Satan because mammon is greed. And, you know, God said you cannot worship both God and mammon. Right. Why do you say that? You know, so there's a, so one third of the world is against the other two thirds. Wow. I don't know what else to say. <laughs> that, that's just astounding to me. Well, it is. It's yeah. mind boggling. And when you think of all the abortions and what in the abortions, who did they target? Oh, they definitely have targeted the African-American uh, black communities. And, Absolutely. And why is that? With what you know today, why is that? Because of the bloodlines. Why did they take the little children away from the Indians and put them in orphanage and orphanages and kill them and abuse them and rape them and kill them and put them in graves? Why did they try to eliminate their young? Mm-hmm. Where did you go? We're still here. 
Jeff's thinking you've kind of left him speechless, Cisco. <laughs> no, I just, I got a vivid picture in my mind when, you know, because we've been on this story about the, the Indians and the mass graves that are turning up. And, you know, it's when we think of history and e even as far back as World War One, when, you know, 20, men, 20 million people died out of a, you know, quite honestly, a manufactured war, you know, mm -hmm. funded uh, both sides by the same families. Exactly. And, you know, but and 20 million people is an astonishing atrocity, but it, it's, that's a hundred years ago. And, and even though that's not that long ago, um, it's hard for us in this generation to relate to as we haven't had to go through that. But, you know, these mass graves are popping up now and they're being discovered. And this is, this is in our generation. This is in our yeah. lifetime, these mass genocides. And, yes. and now, and I, and I don't want to say the words, but, you know, now there's this, uh, there's this hokey pokey thing going around right now. And, you know, it seems that, you know, one third of the world, according to the numbers they're publicizing, has uh, participated in that. And, you know, uh, well, what, I don't know what the ramifications of that are going to be, but, you know, uh, I think well, there's one reason, ramifications. One reason, Jeff, why the jab is so important is because it's another genocide and Satan, in order to rule as the Antichrist, there has to be a blood sacrifice. There nothing can change in history or within governments without the blood sacrifice being applied first. That's why our soldiers, that's why every veteran, man or woman, has died as a blood sacrifice and the Lucifer to bring in their agenda. They cannot change the agenda without a blood sacrifice. This jab is nothing more than a genocide for a blood sacrifice, preparing the world for the Antichrist. And I, and I guess one thing that just rings to me, and, and look, I, I, I hope that the jab isn't a kill shot. Honestly, I'm hearing in about two years, people are going to experience some stuff. That's what some credible doctors are saying. But when, when people go to war, people have typically volunteered their service. Uh, with this, people have volunteered. We've, uh, uh, people have acquiesced and of their own free will, even though information was available hey look this is totally experimental it doesn't actually meet the criteria of what it's being called yeah. um you know uh, the the disease it's supposed to cure has a 99.997 percent survival rate and there's a and 20 bucks will do it if you get it you know we can't mention That's, the names yeah i'll go into a little story here because that's what the enemy wants he needs it to be a willing sacrifice and, you know, yes. they call it willing blood. And so, you know, I didn't understand the full extent of, of that until, you know, me and my training partner were working through memories. And, you know, he was saying that, you know, besides the Luciferian vows, that, you know, there were things that we had done where they, you know, while they were raising me up in the Luciferian side, they also were raising him up in the Masonic side. And, you know, he said that we had done a lot of the Masonic vows. Now, it had never been directly said to me that the, you know, things that we were saying, or what, you know, I thought we were practicing ritual, like, I didn't connect that it was Masonic. And so when he said that, you know, it was like, well, you know, how many of those did we do? And then it was like, well, how could we have done that? Because at that level, you have to do the blood sacrifice. And I've never given any willing blood. And he said, well, do you remember what happened right beforehand? And so I was thinking back to the, you know, the very first memory I had of one of those bows. And I said, oh my gosh, you punched me in the nose. Like he had got us into a quarreling little argument. And as we were fighting, he all of a sudden punched me in the nose and, I, and I, you know, my nose started bleeding and I, I, um, 
or he said next, he said, well, what happened after that? And I was like, well, they had to like, you know, they stopped everything. They took me into the kitchen in the church and they started, you know, cleaning up my blood. And he said, who cleaned up your blood? And all of a sudden it like hit. And I was like, oh my gosh, my proctor. And then all of a sudden the flood of all the memories, like every time we'd be watching or walking into a ritual area and I'd get tripped, I'd get pushed. So I fell over, I'd get my knee scraped, my elbow scraped and who would always clean up the blood. And how did they use that? They used it as willing blood because I allowed them to take it. I allowed them to, you know, clean that up. So, you know, it can seem so innocent, but to the enemy, you know, he wouldn't have it any other way. Like he could have held me down and, you know, had them cut my hand or cut my finger and gotten blood that way, but he wanted it to be willing. So he found a way to make it willing. And Jesse, that's also why you willfully have to give your blood is also because Christ freely gave his. And it's in mockery of who Christ is. This to willfully give your blood is a mockery under what God did for us when he freely gave his blood for us at Calvary. That's right. Because everything within the occult world is in mockery of who Christ is. Everything comes down to mockery. Okay, I have a question, and I don't know if the if if there's a good answer. <laughs> um what about when people donate blood? Yeah, that's that's willing blood that they can use. So some of it is used for good. Uh, someone's in a car accident, they get a blood transfusion. Some of that's used for good. Uh, but some of that, well, we know what happens to some of it because that uh, the main organization in the world that does it is totally, totally far gone, deep state. Right. Of course, they control the blood worldwide. Think about it. Oh my goodness! And and now that brings up another question with the uh, with the with the hokey pokey that's going on. What happens when those people donate blood? Well, hold on. Can I go back just a step? Um, Words are important. So, why do you think that that organization they control the blood bank? Mm -hmm. Blood banks. Bank. what what's the real financial money you know what's really being sold and traded and marketed what is everything being leased off of you know is it gold no it's blood it's blood the currency of the world the fountain of youth <laughs> wow yeah and listen i know we have some uh, some new people who are watching this because i've asked for these programs to be sent particularly to people in the church um and when you say fountain of youth there's a a procedure that uh extracts the blood and particularly from young and innocent is better uh it's mixed with adrenaline it's done through torture and it's like an elixir uh that uh creates youth uh i guess you can see better in the spirit um all kinds of things can you under 11 days old under 11 days male they like the male child under 11 days old and uncircumcised and and so what does for for someone who's new jesse and i have covered this a few times on on the show uh, many times actually but from your perspective can you tell me why they do it and what their benefits of and and what kind of people do this satanists do it uh people in hollywood use the lexus Government. Mm-hmm. It's, more, it's a better question. Who does it outside of the? <laughs> <laughs> right. I, I never have. I'll raise my hand Neither on that. I, I mean, and, you know uh, what I mean. Who does it? Yeah. 
but I'm still aging gracefully. <laughs> yeah. The glory of the Lord is upon you. <laughs> so, so what do these people get when they drink this? What are the effects? Life. Uh, a new life, a new energy. Uh, it helps their intellect. Longevity. Healing for the body. You want to cover any more, Jesse? I was thinking of a better way to describe it. Um, you know, everything in our world um, is held together at a quantum level. Right. And, you know, going back to Genesis, you had where the Lord made man in his image. And what that meant was that at a quantum level, you know, what does knowledge mean? It's this intimate knowing and entwining together. So in the beginning, when God made man in his image, Adam and Eve were intimately entwined with God at that quantum level. Yes, yes. Now, when he said, you cannot eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, you know, what did that mean? That knowledge, um, you know, it's not just an intimate entwining, but you're experiencing you're experiencing the other thing that you're entwining with. So it wasn't just that they had this head knowledge of good and evil. It meant that at a quantum level, they experienced good and they experienced evil. Um, so this is really important, you know, going back to that, is that, you know, when you, add that blood when you're partaking in that it's more than just you know a consumption thing that you're physically drinking yes, you know yes. his word says that the life is in the blood life is in the so blood. you know why did god forbid them drinking other people's blood because it meant that they would be experiencing intimately entwining with that other person and we're not made like that way we're not you know we're meant to be our own individual entwining with god and then through christ we're all connected together as the body you know you can't i guess i'm trying to think of a good way to describe this that you know you can't make the foot become the head you know, there's meant to be two separate beings, but what happens when they're consuming is that at the spiritual level, there's that constant mixing and the radiance, the glory of each person's being is no longer just their own. Um, and they're utilizing, like they consume and take in another's blood and, now it's no longer that person's direct choice if they're engaging in evil or not, because the blood is mixed, you know, they believe they can control um, the experiences of whose ever blood they're consuming. So, you know, really it's a war for soul, um, soul rights, soul tainting. Um, yes you know, that's part of the evil behind it is that, you know, it's not just that they're committing the evil act. They then are at a spiritual soul level causing others to commit acts of evil and drawing, you know, I guess a good word is just tainting. I don't know if that makes sense or not, but there's a tainting with it. But they also do it because it's the fountain of youth and things like that as well. Right. And and Jesse, you've you've said that you were forced to participate in consumption as a kid. Yeah. Cisco, were you as well? Yes. Can, and can you just now? You know what? Actually, I I want I. I'm a little bit scared to ask this question because I don't want people to be curious and want to try it. Heaven forbid. 
Um, it's not good for you, first of all. Um, and, and, you know, they weren't, Jesse and Cisco were not willful in doing this. They were forced. Um, and God's forgiveness is, is for them, guaranteed. But can, Cisco, can you explain the experience when you've, uh, from your personal experience, when you've consumed the blood? Well, I remember as a child, I was, a, I was a child, I was anemic. And um, I remember my father putting blood in my baby bottle so that I would, from the time, I don't remember the infancy of it because I don't have those memories. But as I got two, two and a half years old, I do have flashbacks of the bottle being filled with blood so that I would acquire the taste of blood. It was just as natural for me to drink the blood out of my bottle as it was for the semen that I had to take. It's grooming that child for what is to me. This is just horrific. There, there, the evil has no bounds and that's becoming more and more relevant. Um, so to answer your question, it was just, it, it was normal for me as a small child. I, I didn't know anything different. It, it was life to me. It was substance to me. I knew nothing else. It was part of my diet. And, and it would be presented as, as the cure, you know, for things. Um, you know, like even uh, um, in my life, when my proctor was having trouble, you know, it was like, okay, if, you know, she's struggling, she can't function, then you need to get her that little bottle where, you know, it's got that stuff in it. And, you know, once she had that, then she could be fine. She would function. So you learn like, as, as these people are struggling, like if they're having withdrawals or coming down, like, you know, they would take a certain amount every day to function, but then, you know, they would take an extra amount when they wanted to go into a psychosis, especially during ritual times. And after that, um, that ritual, because they had taken so much, their body experiences all of these horrific symptoms, withdrawal. And so, you know, you're even taught as a kid how to monitor and regulate and, um, you know, give them what they need so that th those symptoms are not so horrific for them. So they even normalize that, that, um, you know, you're watching out for those who are taking this stuff on a regular basis, you know, and I mean, they literally would deliver children to the door, you know, they'd have a nanny, but I don't know who these people were, but they, it always seemed like it was a nanny and, and, you know, and they'd be like, oh, you know, we brought, would you mind caring for him? And I'd be sitting there thinking, well, she's not feeling good today. Why does she want to take care of a baby? You know? And, and then it was like, they'd always go take a nap and then you wouldn't see the baby again after the nap. And it's like, well, what happened to the baby? Oh, well, she came and picked it, you know, the nanny came and picked it back up. And you're like, I didn't hear the doorbell ring. I didn't hear you get up, but okay. You know, there was always a story as to what happened. And, you know, they would just do stuff like that. And so where, where in the house or the building would they take down to the basement in, uh, in specific rooms and then, you know, basically torture and kill? I mean, it would be in the bedroom. You know, because the the story would be that they went to go take a nap. Don't forget the closets always had hidden doors, so yeah, that's right. The that would lead to the, the basement. Closet. Yeah, yeah. So you would think that they stayed in the bedroom, but really they were taken down through the hidden doors into the solitary confinement of the basement. Yeah, to minimize any noise or anything else. Yeah, yeah, and also the blood was really important in a small child because God created the brain 
the left and right hemispheres to blend, to wire together, to crosswire. And that blood is really important in doing in split brain programming. And split brain programming is where during certain types of programming, the child only uses the left brain or maybe the programmer wants the child to use the right brain and does not want the left and right hemispheres to become one. So the blood is an enhancer for that type of programming. And, you know, programming to anyone who's new to the, to, to this uh, particular uh, topic, uh, it's massive. And, and just if you, if you're not sure, just look how many people are wearing masks in society today. That's programming, folks. That's called grooming the people, grooming, putting the carrot out before the populace and they bite the carrot and they're being groomed out of fear is the base. They always use fear as the base and they groom the people for what is coming and what they want to come. Okay. Uh, so listen, we, we only have a couple minutes left and I want to give both Jesse and Cisco an opportunity, a couple minutes each, please. Um, and I'll start with you, Jesse, and then Cisco to follow. If you have a message to the church today, what would it be? I think the most important thing is to be aware that all of this is happening um, right under your noses. And, you know, the majority of the children trying to come out or who are um, engaged in this family lifestyle, this bloodline, they're, you know, they're so bound by the code of silence and they don't know how to break that themselves. Once in a while, you'll get a child that, you know, will be courageous enough to break that silence. I was one of those. And, you know, there were countless times that I tried to tell, you know, I tried to tell people that my family was in the occult or that my family killed babies. Those two lines were the most I ever got out. Nobody would stop to say, are you okay? Can you tell me more? Um, so, you know, the church really needs to pick up their spiritual warfare and we need to fight for these kids. We need to be the ones going in the darkness to bring these people out. Um, you know, we need to realize that there are captives and, you know, the Lord desires that none should perish. And there's only one way to get these captives. You have to be willing to bind the strong man, go into his house and remove them. And, and just to add on to that, you know, in the United States alone, statistically, I, and we know the numbers higher than this, 800,000 children alone go missing. That's government statistics. We know it's much higher than that because there's a lot of undocumented. There's a lot of, uh, and, and males and females as well, adults. Uh, it's, it's not only babies. It's not only kids. Uh, but 800,000, where do they go? Cisco? What's your message for the church? I was, when you asked that question, the thought that came to my mind was it was the majority that crucified Christ. It was the majority. The church needs to wake up. They are asleep. They do not have eyes to see. They do not have ears to hear and a spirit to receive truth. This is not easy truth to bring to the people. But Jesse and I and you, Jeff, we understand the accountability. We know these things to be true. We've got to tell it so that the captive, captive can be free. But mm -hmm. there needs to be discernment in the churches. These churches that have masons in the pulpit, masons that are deacons, get flee, man, get out. You're under the bondage of witchcraft. You can know you cannot be any greater than the hand that rules over you. Get into a spirit-filled church where the nine gifts of the spirit are operating, where you can trust God for the healing of body, soul, and spirit, that you can, you can walk in the spirit realm where Jesus is, where the spirit is, where the Holy Spirit is, and you can 
have miracles. God wants to give the church miracles, but they're so dumbed down. They don't know truth. And when they do get truth, they go into denial. It's time to get out of denial. We're at the edge. We're on the cliff. We are on the cliff as a people, as a world. We are. Satan wants to rule and reign as the Antichrist. He's at the door. Prayerfully, God will give us a few more years. But Satan, God's word will be fulfilled. Get your heart right with God. Walk and talk with God as God ordained in the Garden of Eden with Adam and Eve. He came down and walked with Adam and Eve. He walked and talked with Enoch. He was friends with the with them. Be friends with Christ. Learn your lordship, your sonship. Learn who Jesus is. Be a friend to the Lord. Be a friend. Seek him out in truth. He's not hidden. Yeah. Or else we allow him to be hidden. Wake up. I my cry is get out from underneath this false anointing, this kundalini magic, and stand on your own two feet and seek God out. The word says, The day you seek me out, you will find me in truth. Seek for the truth that's hidden in the gospel of Jesus Christ, in the word of God. His his word is full of truth. The anointed word is alive. Be alive in Christ. Get out of the bondage loop. Repent and go in God and grow, mature. You don't need a, I believe we need pastors. Of course we need leadership. But in that leadership, make sure you're no greater than the hand that rules you. If there's no anointing, if that nine gifts of the spirit are operating in the body, you're missing out big time for what God has for his people. And, and, Cis- and Cisco, next time we get you on, I want to talk about the magic in the church because you had also told me about some of that. And mm-hmm. I want to, we'll address that next time, how actually satanic magic is being used in the church to imitate God. And it's in a church in your neighborhood. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, and look, you know, I, I'm. Okay, think about this. For every, for the nine gifts of the spirit that the Lord has given the body of Christ, Satan has a mirror image of it. Take that thought with you and ask the Lord, what does that mean? Satan has a mirror image for every gift that God has given the body of Christ. Wow, we're in trouble. So. You know, I would just say, if you're attending a church, uh, you need to have a talk with your pastor, your priest, whatever it might be. And you might want to ask, you know, how come you, from the pulpit, don't come out against abortion? Are you scared of offending someone? Are you scared of not getting a donation? How come you don't come out against homosexuality? Um, look, I, I love people. I love my neighbor. Depend. I don't care what their orientation is, but God hates it. Mm-hmm. You know, um, we can still love people. Look, their sin is no worse than my sin, but God hates it. God hates sin. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, uh, pastors, priests, bishops, whatever your title, grow a pair grow a pair the real world is different than the one you're teaching oh just keep your eyes on jesus grace is enough we don't even need to look outside of our walls we we can have cake and cookie parties after church we can have a cake and cookie bible study mm-hmm. okay yeah you're making effective change while kids are being murdered while people are being tortured you know whenever there's a war how many people go missing what was it, Kazakhstan? 450,000 people in one shot? Let's talk about Haiti. Where do these people go? Oh, the news didn't report it, so I didn't know. Stop watching the news. Uh, Cisco, would you close us out in prayer, please? Our gracious Heavenly Father, Yeshua HaMashiach, Father God, we're so thankful for your love and for this time that we can share with one another. And Lord, we ask you, Lord, to let this truth go 
go forth. And Lord, don't let them believe it because we have said it, but they'll believe it in their heart that that soul part of that was created in your image and your likeness will rise up and accept these truths. So Lord, we ask you, Lord, to cover each and every one that is listening to this broadcast today, Lord. Let them grow in you. Let them know your forgiveness. Let them know your love and your grace and your mercy this day. And Lord, we ask you, Lord, to cover them in a very special, special way with your love and bring each and every one of them under the plan of salvation. Let us walk in your glory. Let us walk in your love and your peace. In Jesus' name we pray, Yeshua HaMashiach. Amen. We'll see you next Amen. time. Right on radio. Right on radio.